Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 233 of Explode Your Expert Business Show, um, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. Today, I have the pleasure to interview the one and the only Durga Mata Chaudhuri on how to release stress and be more effective. You will absolutely love this show because Durga Mata is one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. I'll tell you a bit more about her in a minute. Also, if you want to create your best quarter yet, now we're at the beginning of the quarter and we need to start planning for the next one and in particular reach your financial goal. Why don't you join our Sales Mastery Intensive Mentoring Program where we'll teach you all you need to get more clients, make more money in your business while serving your highest calling. So there is the link here in the show notes. Make sure you scroll down and check out the link. Now, back to the show. Uh, as I said, I have the pleasure to interview Durga Mata, and Durga Mata is an author, spiritual artist, speaker, musician, and well-being coach. All her diverse activities are designed to reduce stress and increase happiness. Her mindfulness meditation silk painting workshop stand out in their ability to raise consciousness and aid well-being, as well as being joyful, transformative events. Now, Durga Mata is one of the people, as I said, is one of the most uh, incredible people I've ever met in my life. If she wants to get something done, she will get it done no matter what. Got incredible stories uh, from uh, uh, how she uh, went to Baskin uh, to uh, raise money to pay for one of our courses, how to um, she went. Uh, uh, Going, uh, she decided to write uh, a book in a month and she locked herself uh, <laughs> in a room right now and uh, <laughs> published and created like a monster book uh, to too many more uh, to, to creating her first workshops and getting out there with the, with her silk paintings and creating an Etsy shop uh, this woman is incredible so you must listen to her story uh, in fact in this episode we talk about how to release stress in minutes how to raise your consciousness and vibration and how to create a deeper connection with yourself to help you grow your business. You can read the interview transcript and get the bonus resources at www.gtex.org.uk forward slash 233. You can find also in the show notes the social media links and links to connect with Durgamata as well. Now, one more thing. If you haven't joined our Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz, a community, then join it right now. You can connect with like-minded people, get bonus training. I'm doing a bonus training this exact week on Friday uh, from the moment of publishing uh, about uh, selling with webinars, which you will absolutely love. And that's all totally free. You can join our Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz, uh, um, or click the link in the show notes. Now, it's all from me. Um, now enjoy uh, the interview with Durga Mata Chaudhuri, how to release stress and be more effective. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show. And today we are here with the one and only Durga Mata. How are you doing, Durga Mata? 
I'm fine, thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, fantastic. So today is all about uh, uh, releasing, releasing stress, creating happiness in our lives, uh, an incredible topic which is uh, very relevant and uh, really important. And But before we get uh, to talk about what are some of the unique methodologies that you use, because you do some incredible things. Uh, before we talk about that, uh, can you tell us a bit more about uh, how did you end up <laughs> doing what you do right now right um by profession i'm a teacher um i'm extremely interested in uh the spiritual side of life and um over the years i got um aware of what i call god and the, the spiritual reality within my own church which is the quakers and then um, I lived in Northern Ireland for a while, and it was at the time of the Troubles, and I was mm -hmm. not wanting to get kind of pulled into the debate as to whether you're on this side or that side. So I started just going to all the different churches on different Sundays, and I got really excited because what I knew of or believed was the presence of God, the peace of God in my Quaker worship. I was finding it everywhere. I was finding it in the Catholics. I was finding it in the Protestants. I was finding it in the mountains. I was finding it by the river, mm -hmm. by the sea. And it became really, really um, important to me because there was so much craziness and so much tension going around. I was really spiritually seeking, why do people hate each other? Why do I have characteristics that I'm not happy about? And um, what I would call spiritual aspiration, my spiritual aspiration became much more intense. Mm -hmm. um, then when I came back over to England, um, pretty confused, not doing what I'd hoped to be doing. Um, I grew up in a farm and I wanted to do dairying, but I'd kind of fallen out with the farmers I was staying with because I wasn't the kind of orthodox Protestant that they were comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I was living on my own and working in different jobs, but not really going anywhere. And my father always thought education was important. And he said, well, why don't you go to university? I was dyslexic. I wasn't a great academic. Mm. But I didn't know what else to do. So he said, well, if you went to university, where would you go? You know, where would you like to go? And I just said Birmingham because my best friend from school was studying medicine in Birmingham. Yeah. And I found myself on a train heading for Birmingham. He'd fixed up an appointment with me at Birmingham University. <laughs> and they were very friendly there and um, said, what do you want to study? And I hadn't a clue because I didn't have a particular academic calling but when I was in Ireland when I was growing up on the farm I loved the earth and the rocks so I just said geology so I found myself on a BSc course studying geology mm -hmm. um, and now I can understand that my love of geology is part of my spiritual life it's it's a wonder at the world the earth the fact that every single time you pick up a stone it has a history that goes back mm -hmm. millions of years um, but when it came to the second year where we were getting away from the kind of overview and more into what are the chemical properties of certain minerals and how they change yeah. under temperature and pressure, it was not where I wanted to be. And at the same time, I'd met my husband. We were kind of boyfriend and girlfriend at that time. And I was in the middle of my second year final exams, the end of year exams, and we went out for some fun up the Licky Hills and he broke his ankle. And... Mm. Um, I said he could stay with me because he couldn't do very much on his own. He was staying in a hall of residence where you had to go down up and down stairs just yeah, to get yeah. food. But it wasn't working out. He, I couldn't study with him in the same 
room. You know, I'd just got a bed sit. And I just said, oh, it's no good. It's not working out. I'll call a taxi. You'll have to go back. Because basically he was in love with me and he wanted to be silly all the time. And I just <laughs> needed to study. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I sent him back and then I was working. And then my mind was thinking, hmm, we're planning to get married. It's not going to be possible just to say, I'm sorry, it's not convenient. Mm. Um, you'll have to go. So I went and got another taxi and brought him back again and left my university. And uh, I just figured, you know, I don't need a degree. This is my life. This is my world. I'm going to, you know, I'm very, very Indian by culture. And it just was my world is to look after his career and his ambitions and so on. And it's not necessary for me to have a degree. Um, my husband's Indian. At mm -hmm. the same time, before I met my husband, I met my spiritual teacher, who's also Indian. They're both Bengali. Yeah. And... It, when I was growing up, I used to think my family were from another planet, you know. They just, we didn't have anything in common. We didn't think the same way. We didn't see the world the same way. I spent most of my time with my chickens and walking around on my own and mm -hmm. just being myself. Um, and it, when I met Indian culture, it was like, oh, it wasn't my family were from another planet. It was me. <laughs> uh, and I, my father-in-law thinks I was a freedom fighter and I was so prejudiced against the British that God made me be born one. <laughs> 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 so be careful of your prejudices. But with the encounter with, um, with my uh, in-laws and my Indian culture, my understanding of God grew from being ecumenical Christian and understanding God was in all the different Christian churches to actually experiencing the reality of God within Hinduism, within our landlords was Sikh, mm -hmm. my best friend was Muslim, and I got this burning sense of God is real, spiritual life is real, and God is big enough for everyone, and this is important, and our society doesn't recognize it, yeah. and our kids are being actually starved of their heritage, and then they're not being fed, they're not being spiritually nurtured or nourished at all. So this led me to training as an RE teacher. But to get to university to study theology and religion, so, now, let, me, let, me, let me let me let me now because we're getting we're getting now in the. Uh, I want you to, have to edit a few bits. <laughs> <of this. laughs> we're not gonna edit. We're not gonna edit anything. Yeah. <laughs> no. What what I want to know now is the um, uh, so from there uh, to now, what. Um, uh, yeah, I know you do. You went into a lot of different meditative practices, and uh, uh, why do you think people they need to get into meditation or they need to get into spirituality? Because this is a big part of of what you're doing right now, what you're teaching. Yes, um, we are not just a physical beast. We are not just flesh and blood. We're not just a mind. We have spirit. We have soul. The universe is far, far more than meets the eye. And this is the root. This is the foundation of our lives. If we don't get that bit right, nothing else is going to be right. And this is where I feel a lot of the stress comes from. Um, you know, people are running after their money. They're running after their success in work. They're running after their uh, having the perfect family. And, you know, everything's got to look good, but it's all surface. You can't have it good unless it's deep, unless it's got the roots. So for me, this is the, the secret why it's important to explore your own inner world, your own inner world of thought and your own inner world of silence and becoming more aware of who you really are. 
if you can connect with that, then everything else falls into perspective. Yeah. And if you don't connect with that, then you get stress upon stress. And, you know, it, it's why there's huge increases in mental health problems and suicide, you know, why I think there is so much knife crime and gangs. People are just not connected with reality. They're not connected who, with who they are and what's real and what's important. And it's going to cause massive problems all over the world. Uh, and so now it is, I completely agree with you, there is, uh, we need to take care of that side of, of ourselves because we cannot just take care of the material side. <laughs> yeah. We have we have an whole entire different world that is part of our existing, is part of who we are. Sure. And so what are, I know you're, you're going to publish uh, your book soon, and uh, what are some of the things that, uh, or, uh, that, that you share in the book that someone can do to be more connected to God or to, to nurture their spiritual side? Right. Well, in my, my book is basically the seven med mindfulness meditation steps to reducing stress and increasing happiness. Um, the first of them is just awareness. So it, it starts from silence. And in the silence, we look at what can you hear? Mm -hmm. And we also look at what's your mind and watch your thoughts. We are not the mind, we are not the thoughts. And many of the stresses come from the fact that our mind is not under our control. Mm -hmm. Our mind is like a crazy monkey, you know, or a fly buzzing around our head. It's constantly distracting us from what's real and creating problems, you know. A, a lot of people will think of a problem and then, oh dear, this is a problem. And immediately the mind gets into problem mode and it starts piling more and more problems. Mm -hmm. um, and it's stressful and it's under our control. So the first thing is awareness and learning how to be aware of your mind and how to begin to control what's in your mind and what you're thinking about. And that on its own can reduce stress a lot. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing is breath. I mean, there's nothing new here. If you look into any mindfulness or meditation teaching, you'll yeah. find what I'm doing. But it's my own take on it, my own um, kind of experience behind it, which makes it a unique pattern, if yeah. you like. So with the breath, you're looking at the fact that when you're stressed, you're tense, your body is tense, it's getting ready to fight, it's getting ready to run away from danger. And most of the causes of stress in our society have nothing to do with anything physical. So there's nothing we can do to fight it or to run away from it. Mm -hmm. But if we can actually be aware that the stress is causing us to be tense and shallow breathing, we can look at our breath. And if we make our breath more deep and more gentle and more from the depth of our diaphragm rather than just in the chest, mm -hmm. we are doing two things. One, one is to relax and the other is to increase the amount of oxygen we've got, yep. which is one of the ways of getting rid of all the hormones that are causing us to be ill that are related to stress because they have to be, they have to be physically burned up by the body and, and disposed of and they can't do that without oxygen. So breath is a very, very important second mm -hmm. step. And uh, the third step I look at is an exercise I've done in teaching religious education in relation to forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that all the religions have strategies and times of the year. And yeah. forgiveness is incredibly important. And if we don't learn how to actually recognize that when we're angry with someone or when we've done something wrong and we're feeling guilty, that is stress. 
and that mm. is not helpful for our lives. And we've got to find a, a strategy to actually engage with our mistakes that we might be feeling guilty about or the undivine and cruel things that society and the world and people can do to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that exercise, we look at use a, a Jewish um, practice, which is in, in um, Yom Kippur, which is the um, time of atonement in Judaism. Um, in some communities, they go down to the river and they take a stone and they hold the stone and meditate on it and they put all their regrets into the stone. Anything that anyone's done that's hurt, hmm. thing that they've done that they regret, they put it into the stone and then they put it in the water and the water washes all of that away. And it's like freeing yourself yeah. of, the, of the year before the fresh year starts, freeing yourself of all the trouble from the previous year. So we do a fairly brief exercise in forgiveness which is based Mm -hmm. on that then we look to the physical body we relax the physical body and then we look to um, I call it light we've got like a little string of lights and you hold one of the lamps lights in your hand and just basically meditate on on the the way that light symbolizes strength and power and all the good things that you need Mm -hmm. we think who is a light for me who in my life has been a light? So you're been, thinking about a real person in that. You're s- thinking about real situations, real people who've been strengthening and positive in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we're offering gratitude and awareness and love to those people. And then we're thinking, who looks to me as a light? Who do I inspire? Who might be um, I be a light to? And we think of those in a in a equally positive way. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is, I call it oneness, and it's a reflection, like a visualization. It comes from Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And you're basically saying, I'm not the body, but my body's good. I am good, and my body is good. And then you're thinking of yourself up on the ceiling, looking down at your body and everybody else who's in the room. I'm good, and they're all good. And then you're going higher, and you're looking down on the town and mm-hmm. on the. Mm-hmm. higher and higher until you get up into space and everything is good I'm good and the whole universe is good and then you come drifting back down to earth and back to your seat and it's also an exercise in gratitude yep. and that's number six and then the seventh one is we started with silence and now we go to sound and it's looking at mantra it's looking at music and we end up singing and then dancing Wow. So um, it's kind of taking you right through. The thing is, I could make it last a week. Um, <laughs> it's a bit like you said in some of the GTEx training. You know, if you've got a signature program, you've got activities that can stretch it. Absolutely. Make it draw longer. Um, and I have to be fairly brief to get the silk painting as well, because between each step, we do creative silk painting so that everybody who's at the workshop comes away with a beautiful silk scarf that they've made themselves. Mm-hmm. And we look at color and um, the significance of color in part of that. And the, the work that they've done when they come home with the silk scarf anchors all the things they've been learning about uh, reducing stress mm-hmm. and being more able to cope with their outer lives because they've got more connection with their inner life. So, so what, I, what I see here is that is it tapping into the all different parts uh, of our being? I mean, uh, it's not just um, an experience that we get through visualization, uh, but it's an experience that we get through different uh, 
parts of activating different parts of our consciousness from yeah. from the sound to the breathing to the to the mind to the body um to the activity to the color and uh, I, i've been uh, uh, i i think one of the best uh, one of the best practices that i ever done um was actually a meditative practice it was a food meditation wow uh, and uh, what i loved about that so much it was the f- the um, the fact that we were experiencing with all the different senses yeah uh the food it didn't become just uh, a mind experience or a mental experience it became uh, it became a, a body and mind experience and i think that uh, this is uh, what we are looking for now into the concept of meditation because a lot of people think that meditation is just sitting cross leg and <laughs> trying to have no thoughts <laughs> that that and the more the deeper you go into it uh, then you can see that actually meditation uh, or uh, in in this case health and well-being in more general terms is uh, can be reached through various uh different experiences um in terms of do you have uh, do, do you think that they are all important or is that that uh, some people will found themselves better with one practice instead of another what's your take on that from your experience well firstly just to respond to you um about the meditation on food mm. in traditional indian practice um after you meditate you have a, a a sacred food called prasad mm-hmm. and it's basically the food is offered to the deities and then at the end of the med- meditation and the um time of worship the deities have then blessed the food so you then eat the blessed food so you're taking the mm. the spiritual blessings physically into your body in that sensual way with your taste with your smell with your you know because in traditionally in india you eat with your fingers you've mm-hmm. got touch as well the you know it's a very powerful part of meditation is actually having the prasad at the end and in our workshops we start with half an hour of just having a relaxation and getting to know people and giving people time to arrive and we finish up with a not a feast but we finish up with with refreshments which are um nice mm-hmm. um so the food is actually an important part in my workshops as well i totally agree with you and when it comes to anything human beings are diverse huh. and one you i know when you were uh, when i was reading the email about the skype interview you said if you've got any quotes that you like well my own favorite quote is my own favorite invention which is there are only two constants in life diversity and change <laughs> and it's kind of linked to buddhism because um buddhism is all about um everything is impermanent so if you have any attachment or any desire you're asking for trouble because it won't stay whatever you get isn't going to stay um impermanence is really important but you know if you look at the world everything is different every leaf of every tree every grass blade every snowflake in a snowstorm is different so to me the concept of diversity is absolutely central to spiritual life and any religion that says we are the only one and this is the only way to to god to me is just missed the point god is the creator of the universe he's the lover of diversity hmm. he's never going to make only one path 
it's not only never going to make only one way. And of course, the people who are following one way must believe that this is the best way because mm-hmm. they're following it. If they sure. weren't thinking it was the right way, they wouldn't be following it. But the idea that there is only one way and everything else is not any good mm. is, is useless. So the same with meditation. There's got to be a lot of techniques. There's got to be a lot of, of teachers. There's got to be a lot of um, exercises. And you have to find what works for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same for each person. In nowhere, I mean, uh, all our listeners, they are business owners, they're running their own business, uh, they are experts, they're speakers. And, uh, you know, when you're running your own business, it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's intense. It's, uh, some t- there, is, there are a lot of up, ups and downs. Uh, you can become, uh, you can get really busy. So how can uh, business owners uh, apply um mindfulness uh, uh, or more balanced life uh, in uh, a even more demanding time when you are pulled in a hundred different directions at the same time and uh, you are connected consistently online offline how can uh, can we implement this in our daily routine Uh, my own spiritual teacher, somebody said, you know, I'm a parent, my kids are very demanding, my family is very demanding, how can I find time to meditate? And he said, be like a divine thief, get up before the rest of them. Um, ideally, the best time to meditate is three in the morning, four in the morning, because the rest of the world is so peaceful and calm. Mm. But if you get up early, I try to get up at six and meditate at six. And if I've had a late night, I just go back to bed for a couple of hours after. So mm-hmm. I would say the first thing is make it important. If it's important, then you can actually get up in the night and, and sneak some spiritual time, some time for your own soul, some, some time for your own peace, even if it's only 10 minutes or 15 minutes. If you start to make that priority, it's going to make a difference. And then the other thing I would do is just be aware because there are lots of times in the day, mm-hmm. however busy you are, when you can be frustrated because nothing's happening. You know, you're waiting for someone or you're waiting for a bus or, um, you know, I, I guess high-powered executives are waiting for taxis rather than buses. But um, look at your own life and be aware of it. Now, if I get stressed and a bit too, like, mentally tired, I tend to read the Metro or the Evening Standard. It's complete rubbish. It hasn't got any useful information at all. But it kind of keeps my mind occupied and gives mm-hmm. me a break. But that is time when if I was energized enough and not jaded, I could actually do something spiritual instead of wasting my time with the silly newspaper. Um, Just if you're on the underground, you can do um, mantra, silent mantra, which is the repetition of something powerful and Mm -hmm. and spiritually important. The huge benefit from gratitude to write, you know, to think of your three gratitudes every day. I actually have a board which I call the gratitude board. Mm -hmm. I put gratitude flowers on it. Um, so that I've got like little cutouts that are flower shaped and I just write something on it and stick it on with blue tech. Um, and when it gets to completely covered, it's really nice because you can put all those gratitudes into a book, like a scrapbook. Mm-hmm. And they will remind you of all the brilliant things that have been going on that were happening in that month or that period of time when the gratitude board got full up. And um, again, things that are visual are really powerful. I know people have vision boards. Yeah. And I've got a, a victory board, which is basically 
There's a funny story to that because I have <laughs> some really unpleasant bills and I've got a friend um, who's another speaker called Eric Ho and um, he likes my silk painting. And I mentioned to him, oh, I'm really pleased because um, I've started to be brave and open my post and deal with some of the bills. And I've set them all out on a board. And he said, well, make sure you don't have that board anywhere you can see it because otherwise you're inviting bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep a cover on that. But I have a victory board where I record when I have paid off bills or anything else that, that's really been difficult. I've had a um, overcome some difficulty. I put it on the victory board. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of strategies like that, which I can't cover in my workshops. They're only three hours, but I mention in the book. Um, uh, yeah, yes. and it's, I think I think for for everyone who's listening right now that uh, they are they're thinking about okay, how can I create those? Uh, even if it is a micro moment uh, in, in my life where I am conscious of. Uh, feeding my my soul with the uh, with good things uh, with uh, uh, with positivity and uh, what, what you said just being uh, i love uh, for example using travel times uh, because sometimes yeah, i'll be yeah. i'll be in a cab or i'll be in a train or anything on else. a train or the tube and uh, and i'm thinking and, and and that's the time where i can just switch off for a moment uh, even if it's for five minutes uh, do some deep breathing for five minutes do some meditation there and then i'm set to go so a lot of times uh, even particular for every for people that are traveling a lot as well is very difficult to go into a routine uh, of okay you need to wake up at this time because sometimes you're taking a flight and going somewhere so it doesn't matter when you do it uh, of course if you build that routine it becomes easier but uh, the most important thing here is that you do something about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, action is everything. And the other thing is breath, because how long does it take to, to breathe deeply two or three times and consciously breathe and maybe breathe in the peace of the universe and breathe out all your stress in a very conscious way two or three times before a difficult interview, before an important meeting. You can just stand at the door, shut your eyes and do three breaths and fill yourself with that peace before you step through the door. You know, it doesn't need you to sit down for half an hour or an hour and meditate. It needs you to just be conscious and and taking action. Is there a particular book uh, um, that influenced you into recently um, that you've read? It can be about business, it can be about... Um, uh, it doesn't have to be a book, it can be a resource or an article or uh, something, something different that influenced you recently. The biggest thing, because while I was working on my book, I kind of felt my spiritual teacher was working with me on it. So I was using his online library a lot um, and coming across things which I'd not read before that he's written. He's written thousands of books. I've got a few hundred what's of them. It, what's the name of your spiritual teacher? His name is Sri Chinmoy, C-H-I-N-M-O-Y. And the Sri Chinmoy library has pretty well everything he's written on it. He'd passed away in 2007. Mm -hmm. And um, his students have put almost all his writings up. And you can put any topic into the search bar and find what he wrote about it or said about it. Mm -hmm. um, and this, that's just really um, the most powerful thing that's been influencing me at the moment um, because I've been working for the last couple of months quite intensely on my book. And mm -hmm. I've used a lot of his quotations in it. 
Um, but sometimes I've wanted a particular poem, which I know, but I've got to be able to give the um, particular source for it. I can't mm-hmm. just quote it without checking that I've got it accurate, you know. Yeah. So while I'm looking for that, I'll find half a dozen other things. And it's just been really, really inspiring to have that kind of close connection with his writing, which I've loved for, you know, 40, 45 years I've been his student. So... I've been kind of reconnecting in a new way through the website, which I've not done before, through the library site. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a book, but it's access to loads of books and a yep. lot of inspiration. Otherwise, um, I love I, I love a lot of poets. I like Rumi and um, Anthony de Mello and um, Rabindranath Tagore. There's, there's so many inspiring... You know, basically, my argument is... We have all the answers. Mm-hmm. We know what to do. The, the great religions, the great spiritual teachers, the great you know, visionaries and masters of all the ages for the last few thousand years have been giving us everything we need. Mm-hmm. We just need to start using it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, our society at the moment is kind of not even uh, recognizing or acknowledging that it matters. Yeah. So it's really tough for the young kids growing up. You know, they've, they've got, like, you know, we might look in, in some area where there's a famine and see people who are starving and their bones are sticking out and, you know, they're desperate for food. But I think in the West, our society is, is starving for spiritual truth. Hmm. And I'm glad to say that over the years, I think there's been, there's an increasing awareness yeah. of that. Yeah. You know, one time if you talked about meditation, people kind of raised their eyes you know mm-hmm. but now it's uh, okay yeah that's interesting now is 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 accepted it's socially yeah, accepted it's much more than it was <laughs> still not to and is it is becoming a trend as well it's there still is. not mainstream but it's definitely becoming more yeah uh, more accessible that, that's brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Durgamada, for for this uh, for this interview. Now, b- before we leave, um, you are one of our GTX Lifetime members uh, as well. Uh, what um, uh, what what did you find in uh, in joining GTX? Uh, how did help did it help you? Well, if we were on camera, you'd see the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> that for a start, because I want to make my business work. And I've been struggling to do that for quite a few years. Um, I'm not just an RE teacher, religious education teacher. I'm also an art teacher. And I believe very much that creativity is an important part of our lives. And while I was teaching, I used to want to have my spiritual life more central. And now that I'm in kind of semi-retirement from teaching, I'm making my silk painting central, which is meditation. And I want it to be a successful business. But on my own, I just wasn't getting anywhere. And when I met GTEx, um, I just felt this is a community that gives me what I need to ensure that my business will succeed. Yeah. Instead of being, I'm going to fight and fight and fight and hope that it will succeed, I now feel it will, it will succeed. And an example of that, I went to um, the uh, evening called, um, is it Purpose to Abundance? Yeah that we have on once a month. Yeah, yeah. I, went there, I was there last last night. And one of the speakers is Sapphire, who is a business, uh, building, I mean, a property. She Her business is related to property. But it's also related to th- philanthropy. And she's setting up um, a home or a place of refuge for um, 
women who've been abused and also for women, for children, young, young girls who are coming out of care and would be homeless. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, can I do some of my workshops with your lot? You know, when you get that up and running, it's something that would help those people. Yeah. And she said, absolutely. You know, that would be a fantastic cooperation, collaboration that we could work on. She's also, I've invited her to come to my workshop and I'm making her a silk scarf with her name on it, mm. which because of the world she works in is going to be viewed by people who are successful and who have the sort of money that they might want to order something. So, you know, that kind of contact, you can't do it on your own. Yeah. And another person said he'd wanted to meet me for some time and he's actually ordered one of my scarves, which is a 300 pound silk scarf. You know, I don't often make a sale like that. And if Mm -hmm. I hadn't been at the GTEx event, I wouldn't have made that one. So, you know, it just is becoming part of a community where you know everybody's reading from the same page. They're all sincere. They're all hardworking. They're all dedicated to each other's success. And that's what the world needs to be like. It's like a microcosm of how the world should be. That's my feeling about GTEx. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are working hard to make sure that we create a community, which is a place where people can build their business, uh, but uh, being accepted for who they are and be free of expressing themselves uh, without judgment. And we can collaborate and we can uh, be kind to each other. And that's uh, what GTEx is about. So if you guys want to know more about how you can become a GTEx member, how can we help you out? There is a link here in the show notes. Make sure you click the link and uh, uh, book a call with uh, with our team and we can see how we can help you out. Uh, now it's time to wrap up Durga Mata. Thank you very much for the interview. If someone wants to reach out to you, book on your workshop, buy your books, uh, what's the best place to reach out to you? Okay, they would need to email me on my business account, which is Mary Fellows, M A R Y F E W L O W S at Dogamata of London.com. And there's a funny story behind why it's Mary Fellows at, G- at Dogamata of London.com, and that is because my spiritual teacher is not very keen on social media, so I made up a Facebook name, which is Mary Fellows, mm-hmm. but I want it to be linked to my business, which is Durgamatter of London. So that is my email to contact me on. And that- I look, look forward to lots of people contacting me. That's perfect. So make sure you contact Durga Mata. Uh, she has her new book coming out um, as well. Uh, there are the workshops that she runs and the beautiful seal scarves that she creates. Uh, she made one for Lovelda, my wife, uh, and it's absolutely gorgeous with her name written on it. It's wonderful. So make sure you uh, contact Durga Mata and uh, um, check out what she has coming up. Durgamata, thank you very much for being on the show. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Simone, and thank you for GTEx. Uh, it's my pleasure. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe right now. And uh, I'll see you next time. And remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Yeah.